Gaming is an adventure. You can delve into the deepest sea or soar above the highest mountain. You can become the hero, slay dragons, or rule entire civilizations. You can do this all alone or with the fellowship of the best companions. So what do you say? Are you ready to go on an adventure? This is the Gaming Adventure Club Podcast. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Gaming Adventure Club Podcast. This week, we're talking about NVIDIA launching their cloud gaming service. Uh, no Nintendo Pro this year. Five Ubisoft titles coming soon. Cloud gaming being the final frontier. And Activision Blizzard making tons of money. But first, I am Manny G once again, joined as always by RGB Andy. What's up, buddy? <laughs> Soon to be. Uh, <laughs> good, man. Good. Just here. Just still trying to recover from like the, the, the massive blow you just dealt me uh, right oh, before man. you press record. But uh, but good, man. Busy week. We already talked about it. I'm not going to bore you again with those details. But I'm glad to be here with my buddy Manny talking video games. Dude, I am I am so happy uh, to be doing this, man. It is mm-hmm. it is Sunday night, and um, yeah, it's going to be a good night. There's a lot to talk about, man. Oh yeah, a lot oh, yeah. of stuff. Do you want to just get into it? Or are we? Are we can. We, are we talking the games we've played? Let me guess. Black yes. Desert Online on the PC and on your phone. Uh, yeah, I've I've actually been slowing down on the phone. I'm it's, it gets a little kind of at a point where it's just a lot of grinding. Mm-hmm. So it's like, eh, I, I'm just going to kind of uh, take a break for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I've still been kind of logging in here and there, but n- definitely not as hardcore because there's, you know, the the more you get, to lo- the less exciting it becomes because mm-hmm. you get to that point where it's like, okay, the only things that are going to help me are really, really, really uh, rare or really, really expensive. Yeah. So so I'm kind of hit that hitting that wall there. But it's still good. It's still it's still a pretty fun game. I've uh, I've actually been spending a lot of my time this week uh, tinkering around with uh, a, a couple of computers. Yes, so, uh, so yes, hey, Andy. Hmm. Uh, so so uh, yeah yeah, uh, computational devices. They're mm. they're uh, they're a big thing in this household now. Yeah, apparently, so, apparently, well, almost. <laughs> well, so so here's what happened. I start making my my PC right. I, there's just a few parts I was gonna replace. Yeah, and then I ran into some compatibility issues and and stuff like that. And then next thing you know, I have I have a new computer that I just put together. And then my wife's laptop. She's a photographer, and her her laptop uh, pretty much is dying. And she's like, I want a desktop. So I built her a second computer. Mm-hmm. So I had like some other parts and stuff because I'm always messing around with stuff. Uh, enough so that I, I'm able to send my buddy Andy a working PC. <laughs> so I'm doing it. I'm sending yes. you a, a working mm-hmm. computer so you can mm-hmm. play video games with me. On a computer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I was like, it just you. that's it. That's the final nail in the coffin. <laughs> that, it's like, this is where, this is when Andy's family decided to leave him. <laughs> when he refused to come out of his closet for days because he was on I'm a pretty wild sure you, like I like I said man you're gonna come home to your wife like leveling up a warlock in, in World of Warcraft you're gonna, <laughs> she'll like, she's gonna surprise you 
babe, can I have my monitor back at least? No? Okay. Well, I'll just. <laughs> She's like, come back in three hours. Yeah, right. But my, my wife's on the couch crushing candy. That's what she does. That's, uh, well. But. Crazy. Well, I look. I'm I'm uh, very obviously grateful to my buddy Manny, and uh, uh, you know I promise to put it to good use and play with my with my I guess PC buddies. I have been speaking so disparagingly about PC uh-huh. too. Like uh, I've been, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I I pop my head in over at the uh, Potato Thumbs uh, Discord, uh-huh. and someone was mentioning like, "Hey, is anyone around to play?" and Someone else said a like PC and then like the eyes rolling emoji. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then of course there's like some back and forth about, you know, I don't, I forget what the, what the, uh, the person said about PC, how great yeah. it is or how awesome it is. And then I threw a, I threw a Pulp Fiction quote in there, uh, Manny about, uh, uh, I don't, I don't know if you've seen the movie, but there's a character named Jules Winfield and, and mm-hmm. um, he talks about, um, how he doesn't eat pork. He doesn't eat bacon because pig is a filthy animal. And then, you know, somewhere in there, he says how sewer rat may taste like pumpkin pie, but he wouldn't know because he'd never eat the filthy animal, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I threw that in there. Uh-huh. Uh, of course, it had more colorful language, but uh, but I was like, uh-huh. and now look, apparently I'm dining on sewer rat now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> And, and it's goes, so uh, delicious, Andy. Yeah. Karma has a funny way of, of uh, playing a joke on you, right? That's right, man. Jokes on you, Andy. Anyway, <laughs> thank you so much, Manny. Stay tuned. I'm sure we'll keep you posted how it all works out. Yes. Yes. This this all this this whole uh, PC dream all rests on the shoulders of uh, of the delivery people who <laughs> may or may not drop this thing. Listen, so we're hoping it arrives in one piece. And once it does, the, then we'll report back. There have been many consoles that have been shipped back and forth between you and myself, uh, uh-huh. myself and Ori. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my brother. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they've all been fine, man, back and forth. So we'll see. We'll see how yeah. this works out. Yes. Well, let's uh, let's do this, man. Let's jump let's into the yeah. show. Yes. All right. First up, our first story is NVIDIA. NVIDIA launches their cloud gaming service called GeForce Now, and it's only $5 a month. Dang. Ooh. Dude, so so uh, quickly, Andy, before you read this story to us, uh, mm-hmm. NVIDIA, they have been working on this project for like five years or something like that. It's been mm-hmm. a small project, yeah. and, and it's it's kind of like, it was. It just seemed like a thing they're trying to do, but not really putting the the full power of their business behind it. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, all that changed when they launched this sucker, and um, it's it is a it is a force to be reckoned with, Andy. Oh, I like. I see what you did there. Oh snap! <laughs> <laughs> all right. So from tech so from from tech crunch. Mm-hmm. At, After a lengthy beta phase, NVIDIA is launching its cloud gaming service, GeForce Now. 
Unlike Google Stadia, GeForce Now isn't trying to build a console-like experience with its own lineup of games. NVIDIA connects with your Steam, Epic, or Battle.net account so you can play games you purchased on those third-party platforms. GeForce Now isn't a free service. Customers basically rent a gaming PC in a data center near them. Right now, it costs $5 per month to access the Founders Edition, which lets you play whenever you want and for as long as you want. But the company says that it plans to raise the subscription fee at some point. You can try the service by creating a free account as well. If there are too many people connected to the service, you may have to wait to launch a game. You're also limited to one-hour sessions and less powerful hardware. You'll have to download an app that works on Mac OS, Windows, and Android devices, including the NVIDIA Shield TV. GeForce Now isn't available from from any uh, from anywhere in the world as you have to be near a data center to reduce latency. The company currently has nine data centers in the US, five in Europe, one in Korea, and two in Japan. Borrowing or oh, these are your notes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there seems to be cool. there, there's like there's a lot of like like asterisk comments in yeah, there. You know what I there, mean? There's some hoops to jump through, right? Uh, I think the biggest one is your location. You have to be in a right. certain part of the world to be able to to mm-hmm. try this out. Just because yeah. it, Nvidia, I mean, they're a hardware company. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not. They're not like a. They're not, they don't have like Azure servers. They don't have AWS. They don't have Google servers all over the world, so they're they have have limited, uh, I guess, bandwidth in certain areas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know that that is that is a big caveat here. Um, I mean, there is there is if you are in one of these areas, there is that free tier where you can just check it out. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, you're limited to an hour a session, but it's funny mm-hmm. because as soon as your session hour is done, you could actually log back in. And play for another hour if you want. Re-up. So, yeah. So, it's kind of funny. Like, <laughs> and, and I think it's it's to kind of move people through a queue. Like, it, like if you're at, like, a gaming convention or something and you and you go up to, to play a game, there's a demo for so many minutes. Um, but when that's done, you got to go to the back of the line if you want to try it again. So, mm-hmm. same type of deal. It's to kind of keep the line moving. All right. But you can just keep going over and over if you like. So this this is interesting, Andy. This is basically borrowing or renting a a computer in the cloud mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to play your library. Right. That's such a different take on this, and I, I know right I didn't quite see this coming. And maybe maybe people who are in the know kind of knew this is exactly what Nvidia was working on the whole right. GeForce Now thing, the way it's operating. But I didn't know it was this like specifically. So, so then just so that my non PC uh, uh, brain yeah. kind of wraps its head around it, what I'm doing is I'm uh, on my computer, on my PC. Yes. And oh no, I guess it's streaming. So it's anywhere. It could be on yeah. your phone or anything, right? That's, that's what it is. Okay. No, never yeah. mind. It, Manny. Now, now my brain has figured it out. There you go. The Rubik's <laughs> Cube is solved. It's all this, yes. all, uh, yeah, nice blocks of color. So there's no word on iOS devices like an iPhone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, As it does work on Android devices, Mm -hmm. NVIDIA Shield for your TV as well. 
So, you know, we'll see how that expands. But but to begin with, kind of like how, how Stadia only works on uh, a particular model of an Android phone. Mm-hmm. You know, that maybe maybe in the future we'll see a, a bigger rollout here. But this whole thing kind of uh, answers that one question about game ownership. Mm-hmm. Because one of the big issues with Stadia, if it fails, what happens to all your games yes, that you bought yeah. on Stadia? Right, right. So it's like, yeah, who who knows? This this you're accessing your library, the things right. you already own. So yes, so that that's that's no problem. You're I basically like just borrowing a PC. Yeah, and but how how does Nvidia? I wonder get around like the licensing part of it, right? Like, because I'm sure mm-hmm. like Steam and um, Epic and you know just all of those. Uh, yeah, stores. You know, like, are, are is it? Are they okay with that? Or well, it's you know? it's like a remote login, as as opposed to logging in from your IP, like at mm-hmm. your house. It's logging in f- through the data center. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'd imagine it works similar to like a VPN. Like a, a VPN, you can basically tells like wherever you are in the world. Yeah. If you're logging into a certain spot, the VPN could say you're logging in from this country or from that country or whatever. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's it through software basically can can uh, can kind of maneuver that way. So so since it's going to be your login for because you're accessing your stuff, it's not as though it's it's like a, a library of Steam games that you can kind of pick from and, and right. play. Yeah. Like, you know, like you're going to the library, you're pulling a book off the shelf. That's just what's available there. This right. is stuff you already own, so so I assume because of that, because you own the right to to play to access these games, then um, being being the service to where you're kind of doing this like handoff, yeah, uh, I I guess that's how that's how it's working. And this is only for PC, uh, no console stuff, right? Yeah, because okay. it's well, because it's Steam, Epic, and BattleNet right now, right. Right. So and those are all uh, PC platforms. PC platforms, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, cool, man. Man, it sounds great, right? It's a, it's a, you know, these these these, you know, Nvidia, yeah. Google, and Microsoft uh, are all basically pioneers, you know. Um, yeah. Shaping what cloud gaming is going to look like, and and you know, here's another piece, right? So yeah, that's super cool. It's super cool to see that all coming together, you know. And I and I can see what does this, this mean for uh, for Stadia? You think? Well, I, I that's that's a really good question because it's direct competition for Stadia at a much lower scale. I think mm-hmm. because they can't just offer this like for all of the United States, right? It's it's in right, the United yes. States, but in certain parts of the United States, right? S- whereas certain parts, whereas right, yeah. you know, it's for Stadia, it's unlocked for the entire country. Everywhere. Um, right. so, you know, that, that's, that's kind of a, an interesting point there because although it is competition, it's, it's like how much competition, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think it is interesting. It's definitely a better value, I think. Oh yeah. Because, for sure. because you're just playing the service to remotely access your already owned mm-hmm. library. So there's still just not, Still not the Netflix uh, type service that I think uh, at least Stadia folks were were kind of hoping for. 
Uh, yeah. But, yeah, and I think... Be, but way better. But way better yeah. than, uh, than you know, having to pay a subscription and buy the games that yeah. you don't even own technically and, you know, like all this stuff, so... Oh, yeah. So, mm-hmm. so if you have, if you have, if you don't even have a console or a computer, but you have the NVIDIA Shield that's hooked up to your TV... Or you have an Android device, Windows device, Mac OS, doesn't matter, any of those devices and you're close enough, you can just jump onto, you know, Steam's website, cruise games and be like, hey, this is a cool indie game. It's, you know, it's three bucks. I'll buy it. And then you can just play it, mm-hmm. which is cool. And you don't even have to have a machine that's actually capable of running it. You could just run it mo- right. remotely through the service, which yeah. I think is a pretty neat concept. And, and, and apparently according to the things that I've read on Reddit, that it actually works, that Mm -hmm. people who have access to it are saying that it actually works pretty well. So not expecting the, the best, uh, the best, uh, experience, but you know, this is NVIDIA, NVIDIA, they Mm -hmm. make the most powerful GPUs in the world. They know how, how to make a video game go. So Mm-hmm. So yeah, they have they have some pretty epic hardware for sure. So nice, pretty neat, nice, man. very pretty neat. neat. Yeah, for sure. Cool, man. So Andy, with these next few stories, we're gonna take a look at the gaming landscape going forward in 2020. Okay, this is such an exciting year, Andy, for gaming. For it, it doesn't matter what gamer you are either. Like mm-hmm. if you're a if you're a primarily on on the phone. Because we're going to talk about that a little bit. If you are a console player, definitely some exciting things with the new consoles coming. Even if you're a PC gamer, um, and we're not we're not going to talk about these today, but there's definitely some new graphics cards that are coming out this year that are going to apparently blow people's socks off. But we'll mm. we'll talk about that when we learn about that. But uh, the first story is uh, about Nintendo, Andy. So let's, let's all take a knee here. Yeah. Um, sad, sad times. Nintendo's president confirms they have no plans for a switch pro in 2020. Mm. Mm. Uh, And Andy, it's like a sigh of relief because it's like, man, I can't buy anything else. (laughs) Like I'm I'm tapped out. (laughs) I don't have to, I don't don't have to pay for the K's and the P's this year. I could put that off for next year. (laughs) <laughs> yes, which is I I think this is this is uh kind of sad news, but I think it's okay news. Yeah, yeah. Know, well, man. the console exists, right? So it's just yeah. this is the beefed up version. But anyway, mm-hmm. from Games Industry, Manny. Yes, Shun Shun. I'm gonna butcher this name. Shuntaro Furukawa, president That's of perfect. Nintendo. Oh, president of Nintendo has shut down any prospect of a Switch Pro or indeed any other new model in 2020. During a financial briefing following the platform holder's latest results, Furukawa said the focus is on driving both of the current versions of its console handheld uh, of its co- console handheld hybrid. Regarding Nintendo Switch, we believe that it is important to continue to communicate the appeal of both Nintendo Switch systems, both Nintendo Switch systems, and expand the installed base, said Furukawa. Please note that we have no plans to launch a new Nintendo Switch model during 2020. 
He also noted that while the Switch Lite is off to a good start, selling almost 2 million units in less than two weeks and helping to boost overall Switch sales above what the device managed in 2018, there is still room for growth. We feel that we have a we have not yet fully communicated the special fe- the special features and appeal of Nintendo Switch Lite, so we will continue to address this going forward. Mm. There you go, Manny. Andy, that is a really interesting take. Like they they feel mm. like they have not unleashed the full potential of mm. uh, the Nintendo Switch Lite that right. people. So is this like is it like people just don't get it? They need a they need to look into the Switch Lite. They're not getting it. Or, or is, or what, what's, what's, what am I seeing here, man? uh, Well, so I wonder, first, I wonder what, what he means when, when he talks about what he's referring to when he's, when he's talking about, you know, folks not, uh, you know, them having not yet fully communicated, right. The special features and appeal, uh, because I imagine that in what I believe their market is, which is, I think, primarily what Japan and, and that side of the world, right? Yeah. I imagine that there's one of these like in every household, maybe multiple of these, right? Because that's, I mean, mm. that's their bread and butter. Um, yeah. And and so I wonder if he's referring more towards like the broader base, right? Which is us here, maybe the UK, right? The Western markets. Mm. Um so uh, who knows, dude? And and what's the bar that they're trying to reach? I mean, are they talking like soon Sony and and uh, Microsoft uh, level, right? And and how do they stack up when we look at them on on paper? You know, like there, there's yeah. all that stuff that I think we have to consider. Um, so I think it just depends on what their goals are, man. If and if they're looking to really compete against the big boys, right? Um. I don't know, man. I, I don't know if 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 there the, as much as I love that console, I don't know if it's powerful enough to compete with those other two. You know what I mean? Does that make sense, man? Yeah. It's, well, it's definitely a, a niche product, right? Like you right, have to yeah. want something uh, that that can do what it does. You have to want a particular library of games. Although right. you know, we know there's a lot of ports and stuff. So yeah. Yeah, it's it is pretty interesting because mm-hmm. I kind of take that as like um, I don't know when I, when I heard when I read this, I kind of thought maybe he was saying that uh, people aren't really uh, like utilizing the way that they would like it to be used, and I guess what I, what I mean by that is that maybe they're looking for like kind of the opposite of what you're saying, like like repeat customers. Or for people uh-huh. who already have a switch, to say uh, the switch light is something that I can have, and it's it's a bit more portable, so I should own one of these too, so I can take yeah. it with me and leave the other one docked. Yeah. I don't I don't know, man. I I don't know yeah. what I'm just guessing basically, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. what angle he's trying to go for here, because obviously right. to say something like this is to basically say we're not selling enough. People aren't aren't buying this as rapidly as we want them to. Well, but I think I think both of us here are perfect examples of why why that would be the case, right? Like in yeah. your case, you're it's not like you hate the console, you don't like the games. It's you want a beefier version of the console, right? So and, yeah. and he just stated they're not doing that this year. Okay, so that takes 
customers like you off the table. On the other hand, me, I love the console. I think it's great Mm -hmm. as a handheld console. And so I bought myself the Switch primarily as a handheld console. And I've said it time and time again, right? I, I just don't, to me, playing that device yeah. on a TV with a regular controller in my hand defeats the purpose of getting that device, right? Because if I want to play, uh, uh, you know, uh, a beautiful game, right? Yeah. You know, fill in the blank. You know, one of the newer games, the new Hellblade, right? I want to sure. see it in its glory, you know? I want to see it in its <laughs> beautiful graphics and all that stuff. So yeah, I'm going to yeah. play on a stronger console. I have one of those. Yeah. Switch does not offer that uh, to me. Not that I could play Hellblade on a Switch right now, but sure, the point sure. is, you know, like I don't use it for that. I use it as a handheld uh, console. And the fact that they make a smaller one, I really don't care about because I, <laughs> the Switch is my handheld <laughs> console, yeah, you yeah. know? So I don't know, man. I, I don't know what they're trying to accomplish here. Um, but I think that, I mean... I think that if they really want to sort of get into more homes, they got to do better than just making a smaller version yeah, uh, and a slightly cheaper version of the same console, you know? Yes. And they, they are definitely in the business of selling hardware. Like, you know, mm. more, I think more so than just games, like they, they really want to get this device into people's hands because, you know, obviously if you have a switch, then you're going to be buying Switch exclusive titles because, like, why else mm-hmm. have a Switch? It's to play, exactly. you know, Breath of the Wild and stuff. It's you know that that is um, that's how you play those because they're not you can't play them on PC, you can't play them on Xbox, PlayStation. So you know they're exclusives, yeah. but they want to sell this hardware. And and I I really think like remember a while back, Andy, where we we're like there's these rumors that Game Pass is going to be coming to the to the Switch. Oh yes, Switch, yes. So I really think honestly that that the way that just the way that the gaming landscape is changing and it's going to be changing this next year and and I think through 2021 2022 we're going to see this shift shift towards like cloud gaming as a whole not just in mm. the United States or whatever country we're listening from like worldwide globally mm-hmm. I think that as as um, the internet becomes more widely available to the billions of people who don't have access today when mm. they have access to it tomorrow, then cloud-based services are so much more attractive than spending, you know, tons and tons of money on a piece of hardware that can play games where you can mm-hmm. just play remotely through, yeah. through your new internet. So I think the way Nintendo might kind of fit into all this in the future is that they figure out a way to allow their little device, their switch to access some of these cloud-based services Mm -hmm. so that people will be able to play these things. Because like, like even with Stadia, you need some kind of hardware. So -hmm. you need a cell phone, you need a television, you need something, right? Mm -hmm. Why can't that something be a Nintendo switch or it has controls on it? Right? Yeah, that that new Nvidia, yeah, uh, subscription. Right, throw that on the Switch. That would be awesome, dude. That would be so amazing. Yeah. So so there is, I don't know. I think I think Nintendo needs to make some big moves. Maybe that's why they're not 
planning anything for 2020 as far as a hardware release. Maybe they are looking at this very seriously and saying, we're going to take this year to plan. We're going to see, uh, you know, what kind of interest we have in our hardware now because they need to, you know, there's certain benchmarks they have to make with their sales this year. Mm -hmm. And that I think is going to kind of guide them to, to see, you know, this is where the market is shifting. This is where we have to concentrate or put our efforts. So I just hope that, that in this 2020 year that Nintendo doesn't kind of get, you know, I don't think they're going to get left behind, but I don't want them to kind of get, um, to fall like too far behind. You're right. You know, because if they don't have the titles, that's drawing tons of hype, then, you know, they, they are going to fall behind, especially with all the excitement that comes with new hardware. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, we'll see, man. Yeah. But moving on, Andy, Ooh. Phil Spencer, Phil Spencer, the head of Xbox, Xbox says their main competition going forward is not Sony and it's not Nintendo, but their main competition is Amazon and Google. Mm-hmm. What? I know, right? This was such an interesting quote, but here, let's read it. And okay. We'll discuss from The Verge, Manny. Speaking in an interview with newly launched technology publication Protocol, Spencer dismisses Sony dismisses that's a strong word. Yeah, Sony this guy and has a nice slant here. I know right. Uh, <laughs> dismisses Sony and Nintendo's ability to create a cloud infrastructure that will challenge Microsoft, Google, or Amazon. When you talk about Nintendo and Sony, we have a ton of respect for them, but We see Amazon and Google as the main competitors going forward, says Spencer. That's not to disrespect Nintendo and Sony, but the traditional gaming companies are somewhat out of position. I guess they could try to recreate Azure, but we've invested... We've invested tens of billions of dollars in cloud over the years. Spencer has previously discussed the threat of Amazon and Google as competitors, but not in such clear terms. He has also previously stated that Microsoft's gaming business isn't how many consoles you sell. And he he acknowledges that this further by noting that Microsoft isn't interested in getting into a future format war with Nintendo and Sony. I don't want to be in a fight over format wars with those guys while Amazon and Google are focusing on how to get gaming to 7 billion people around the world, says Spencer in the protocol interview. Ultimately... That's the goal. So there's a lot to unpack right there. <clears throat> there, there actually is. And um, we were talking about this earlier, Andy. And the first thing that I, I heard people say when this kind of came out, um, I, I forgot. It was it was on a couple of podcasts. Where people were kind of saying the same things. They're like, if you're going to to if you if you're not beating Sony, and you're probably not going to beat Sony in the next generation of consoles. They're not going to say that they're your main competition because you can't ever declare that yourself uh, to be the winner, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like mm-hmm. if you change the goal, then you, you're kind of giving yourself, a, you know, something else. So you could kind of proclaim some measure of success. So they're saying this is mostly PR talk for the most part. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I, I definitely, sure, sure, I, I, I can see that being a thing perhaps, but I, I, I think he's really giving us a, a bit of his honest insight into where gaming is heading in, in the future. 
because you know like like we said earlier this isn't just about games in america or in mm-hmm. canada or in europe this is about games everywhere you know and mm-hmm. and in remote places there are so many people that just there it's just not a market like there's mm-hmm. they, there's no xbox and playstation in these areas but as as we see projects like what what um what what what's his face uh Tesla um oh Elon yeah Elon Musk <laughs> mm-hmm. he's he's moving forward with his Starlink project where mm-hmm. you know there's going to be thousands of satellites in the sky transmitting or offering internet services to every remote location on the entire planet this mm-hmm. is going to happen like I'm fully convinced this is going to happen, not just through Elon Musk. Obviously, there's there's actually lots of companies that are shooting for this. Uh, Elon yeah. is just mostly vocal about it, and the fact that he's going to that this is starting this year. He's launching this service. Mm-hmm. Well, and and, and you know mm-hmm. the other thing too, like in in other businesses, we have seen uh, the shift from like f- a physical product. To a digital product, right? For instance, yes. I think the the biggest one most of us can think of would be um, like movie rentals, right? Yeah. Uh, you <laughs> think about Blockbuster, and there's that story about you know the Netflix dude going to Blockbuster and saying, "Hey, I'm thinking this is what I'm thinking. You want to get into business?" And they laughed at him, right? Yeah. And then fast forward a few years, and he put them out of business. You know what I mean? Hmm. Um. So I think there's precedent for something like this, right? Right now we have physical consoles. Yes, the games are shifting to more of a, a digital format. I think that's a fair assumption, right? I don't have numbers in front of me, but my guess is physical sales for games are probably down while digital sales are on the rise, right? Yeah, that's definitely um, been been a trend for the last few years, definitely. So to say that, you know... uh he's he's not interested in getting into like a console war right and he's more interested in getting into the market of hey i want to get i want to get a slice of that digital pie right where i can like you know because microsoft isn't just xbox right they're like pc they you know they have several platforms uh through which they can offer their games. And we've seen them making the move towards that, right? Kind of marrying those two through mm-hmm. Game Pass and all this other stuff. Um, so, I, I mean, sure, we could say he's just, you know, moving the goalpost. You know, he can't beat Sony, this, that, and the other. But I feel like there's a little bit of truth in there too, you know? And and I don't see Sony making any kind of moves to, to um, you know, to offer... Uh, those kinds of services to, to uh, yeah, to their customers, right? No, um, they're they definitely Sony definitely has a lot, a lot of capital, but they're just not in this you know server cloud business. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and like Phil said, he they have invested tens of millions of dollars over several years, mm-hmm. and it, it is a part of their main business. And mm-hmm. because of it, Microsoft is a service company, and they have more money than just about anyone. Yeah. So yes, it's Sony is not going to compete with that. They'll never do that. Matter of fact, Sony has become a customer of Microsoft. Yeah. Right. The whole, yeah. They're, yeah. they're, they're working, you know, they're trading technologies and stuff, but 
they're they're they have become an an Azure service customer. Yes, uh, Sony has. So it's it's interesting. They're they're definitely, and you know that was that was a while back. So we know this this future that's coming has been you know foreseen for quite a while from right. from the people who are making this technology accessible, making it happen. Yeah, and we're seeing it start to take shape, right? With, yeah, with all you know, just this week, right? With all the news that's coming out, so yeah, man, it'll be it'll be an interesting uh, couple of years. Here. I think so. And that yeah. that number seven billion people around <laughs> the world, right? There are so many people who d- just don't ac- have access to games today, but will mm-hmm. in a year, right? Oh, no. it's, or or whatever that time frame is. Mm-hmm. So, what Phil Spencer is saying. When that happens, we're going to be there to offer them Xbox, not <laughs> Xbox, the box, Xbox uh, in the, the cloud. Oh, the, X cloud the service. There's a name the for service. It. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> exactly. X cloud with Game Pass. That's mm. that's going to go over very well, I think, mm. for people who yeah, don't want to buy think, hardware. And it, and it's we see it coming together now, right? All of the mm. the um, the. Uh, the studios that they purchased, right? All of those transactions, all of the sort of the groundwork that we've seen uh, uh, them doing, laying um, over the last, you know, year plus, right? And and further. Yes. Um, so, yeah, dude, it's uh, it'll be interesting. I I honestly, dude, I hope. Uh, man, I don't I don't want there to be a future without uh, games like, uh, you know the the Zelda franchise the the uh, God of War franchise the um, yeah you know Naughty Dog you know and and everything they bring to us right mm-hmm. uh, the Last yeah. of Us and and all that stuff but um but you know I think that there there probably is going to have to be a little bit of an adjustment and you just mentioned it with um, Nintendo right where they're focused on like hey we need to we need to get more of these things in people's homes maybe you do that by partnering up with some of these other places that are offering some pretty cool um, services, cloud services, uh, and that, that fit so well with your console, right? So Yes, definitely. Yeah. <clears throat> so, Andy, spicing yeah. things up for the rest of this year. Uh, and, and on into next, Ubisoft confirms mm. five AAA titles that are coming to 2020 and early 2021. So yeah, this is this is uh, this is good stuff, man. Ubisoft—they're always stepping up to the plate for uh, for like the the release of next gen stuff. Those are those are uh, those are a lot of titles uh, coming out uh, <laughs> post there. What didn't they like pump the brakes on everything? Like yes, okay. they did. Arr. So most of this <laughs> is that. Yes. So right. uh, okay. just just quickly, bef- just to jump ahead of you before you go through this article mm-hmm. here, um, the the time frame that we're looking at is between October 2020 through March of 2021. So that, late, yeah, late 2020. Yeah. So when so when the new consoles hit, and a few months after that, we're getting five new games from Ubisoft. No, I see. Okay, the timing is impeccable. Yeah, it's almost like they planned it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I see what you're doing, uh, Ubisoft. Uh, okay, from IGN, Manny. 
Uh, Ubisoft will release five new AAA games in 2020 and 2021, with three of them getting released by the end of this year and two being released in early 2021. And none of them will be beyond good and evil, too. Mm. Quote, we have evolved our organizational structure in recent months in order to strengthen our focus on high potential titles. And we're very excited about the idea of releasing five new AAA games in 2021. Pause for one second here. So reading that quote, the uh-huh. way I see it is it's just a really nice way of saying, hey, you know what? We're really not going to do this BG and E thing uh, right now because we're focused on good games. Not- <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Focused yeah. on high potential titles. I well, love how, that. <laughs> how long have the, like we saw, uh, was it 2018? No, or 2017 where we saw a trailer for Beyond Good and Evil 2. Maybe yeah. Was, yeah. I don't, I don't remember which year. I think it was 2017. I, I, yeah, I, so it's like, where is this game? Well, I don't know. Yeah. We're not going to see it. <laughs> we don't know, and uh, it, we won't know for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To continue, Manny, uh, uh, games in 2020 and 2021, said Ubisoft CEO Yves Guimont. It's a, it's a French name, and I yes. butchered it. I know. Very it. French. Uh, Guimont. Uh, during the quarter three uh, fiscal year 2020 investor call. Uh, during the Q&A, Q&A portion, uh, Guillemot uh, followed up on that statement by confirming at the least that BG&E to, or Beyond Good and Evil 2 is not uh, one of the five planned AAA games set to be released this year. Ubisoft previously announced then uh, then delayed us previously announced then delayed a slate of AAA games, including Watch Dogs Legion. Rainbow Six Quarantine, Gods and Monsters, and there have been reports that Ubisoft is working on a new Assassin's Creed game supposedly based on Vikings. We've all p- but confirmed that, right? Yeah, it's like uh, Jason Jason uh, Schreier. Uh-huh. He, uh, I think he had some, some inside info that he shared whenever right. that spoiler or that whatever it, That's right, that, that Easter egg in, in uh, was it in Division? I thought so. It wasn't like a Valhalla something or other. Yeah, it was like a painting on the wall in somewhere. Yeah, I don't know. It was was a while ago, but yeah, I I think that's coming for sure. Hmm. No idea what the fifth game would be. Well. I have no idea. There's there's the whole that pirate ship game. Like, Mm -hmm. who knows if we'll ever see that thing. Mm -hmm. I think that thing got pulled for not being fun enough. Who knows? Maybe another Ghost Recon game. They want to do over, Manny. Yeah, you think so? <laughs> um, maybe. Do you think we'll get a uh, division, another division game too soon? Uh, yeah, maybe. I think it might be just a little bit too soon for that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. What do you want to? What do you want to see, Manny? You want to see some Sam Fisher action? Oh, dude, that would be super cool. Some I was Splinter like, Cell. I was a huge fan of Splinter Cell. I think mm-hmm, I only too. played through the first three, though. But I thought, weren't they saying that that wasn't going to be a thing? Well, they a, a while back, one of the uh, the the head dudes was like at a dinner with with somebody, and they he kind of dropped some hint, like they're talking or discussing Splinter Cell or something like that. And then he had to go back and say, "No, I was I was just it has nothing to do with Splinter Cell. There's no Splinter Cell." Mm. Uh, like it was just messing around, trolling people or something. So just kidding. Yeah, 
Yeah. Sounds like me. <laughs> Sounds like me. But, dude, the, the games that they have uh, on tap, man. I know Rainbow Six Quarantine looked super interesting. People yeah. were very excited about Gods and Monsters. Uh, yeah, me and too. And then, of course, the Assassin's Creed. Ooh, I can't uh, wait Vikings. for that, man. Yeah, that's that sounds like a lot of fun. Um, so I think that, man, they've got plenty on tap. Uh, hopefully that this time that they've taken to uh, refocus mm-hmm. what they uh, value uh, will also mean that there are some positive changes on the, you know, the microtransaction front. Because um, we yeah. know the absolute horrible mess that uh, Ghost Recon was, you know, for them and uh, <laughs> yes. which which prompted them to, uh, you know, pump the brakes, right? Press pause on everything. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. We'll see, man. Yeah. How about you? I hope, what do you I, well, what do you I hope thinking? they've kind of learned that lesson too. <laughs> and I also hope that they try to make their games a bit more distinct from one another <laughs> because it seems like after oh, a while yeah. they all kind of seem like, hey, we're Blurry playing the same game. This is all. Yeah. This is all the same stuff. I know, right? So. Yeah, I know. (laughs) We'll see. We will see. Well, Andy, let's move on. Speaking of of earnings calls, uh, let's move on to the world of Activision Blizzard. And, well, before we do their their earnings call, because they had some information that might be interesting to know, uh, there was this this Mm. bombshell that dropped that nobody saw coming. Uh, Rod Ferguson leaves Gears and the Coalition to run the Diablo franchise for Blizzard Entertainment. Mm-hmm. Traded his uh, 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 chainsaw bayonet in for a, uh, I don't know, a, a crossbow or... Yeah. You know, <laughs> oh, I was thinking of flail. whatever. I was going to say whatever you play in uh, oh, Diablo. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But for dual crossbows. Yes, there you go. Uh, but uh, from VentureBeat, Manny, uh, Rod Ferguson announced today that he is leaving the Coalition, the Microsoft studio behind the Gears franchise, to lead the the Diablo franchise for Blizzard Entertainment. Ferguson had worked on Gears since it was still an Epic Games franchise. He started at Epic in 20, uh, 2005 and then went over to Microsoft when it bought the Gears franchise in 2014 to lead the new studio in charge of the series, The Coalition. Its latest release, Gears 5, came out in 2019. Rod tweeted, Starting in March, I will join Blizzard to oversee the Diablo franchise. Leaving is bittersweet as I love our Gears family, the fans, and everyone at The Coalition and Xbox. Thank you. It has been an honor and a privilege to work with you all. Diablo is going to be one of Blizzard's most important, if not the most important franchise for the next few years. The studio is working on both Diablo 4 for PC and consoles, along with Diablo Immortal for mobile. You can see why Blizzard would desire a veteran game developer like Ferguson to lead the franchise. So there wow. you go, Manny. Mm. Yeah. This, is, this is crazy, and um, I, I like Rod Ferguson. Like the, mm-hmm. the closer we got to Gears Five, the more I kind of looked, kind of uh, you know looked at who's making the game because I was I was getting excited for it. So I so I looked at Rod Ferguson then, and he's he seems like a great leader, like he mm-hmm. knows what he's doing. He brought a lot of great ideas to the Gears franchise, and I kind of think well maybe he got to a point where he just thought he was done. You know, Gears Five came out. That's a lot of games, and 
maybe he just felt like he did everything he can for the franchise and it was time to move on. Mm-hmm. But but I think one important thing to remember is that uh, Mike Ibarra, the former Xbox uh, executive who is now an executive vice president for Blizzard, maybe he had something to do with it. Maybe he reached out to Rod and, and said, or maybe they're friends. I don't know. Maybe he's like, hey, we can really use you over here at Blizzard. We are on fire. Our ship mm-hmm. is sinking. Yes. Please help. We are on fire and not in the good way. <laughs> Nobody likes us. Come no. come help. So yeah. I don't know, maybe maybe there's there was a connection there because obviously they, they know each other. Um I think this is very positive for mm-hmm. for the Diablo franchise. Man, I'll tell you what, with everything that they've had uh happen they they need to they need a home run right they yeah. they need to uh on so many levels too right because like diablo i, I don't think anyone wants like any microtransactions uh in that game right like we want we just we're coming off of diablo 3 that thing had sort of a contentious start found its way into a good place, I feel, where it mm-hmm. has a very, I mean, clearly it, uh, to this day, right? How many years has that game been out? And it has just a, a almost like a feverish following, right? Like people love that <laughs> franchise to the degree uh-huh. that when you make an announcement <laughs> that does yeah. not, you know, like everybody was waiting for Diablo 4 and so excited they were about ready to start celebrating and it's like, yeah. Yay! Yeah, you know it was like the yeah. like, dude. They should make a documentary about that whole like you know leading up to that presentation. It's like a, you know, it. I think it would play. It would view like a little bit like a a, a, a Sasha Baron Cohen mm-hmm. movie, right? Like uh, uh, which is the one where he um, oh gosh, he's like the gosh darn it, what is it? uh. I'm no help. I can't remember, man. I can't remember. <laughs> anyway, but it's like a slapstick documentary, right? Like that—that's what it would look like. But, uh, but yeah, dude, those guys need help, man. They need help, uh, you know, because they need to. This game has to be darn near perfect, man. Like they—they cannot make a mistake on this. So, hopefully, uh, with all of those games uh, behind him, right, uh, the the Gears franchise. With the exception of four, I think four probably, you know, mm-hmm. just because it was a shift. But five, man, it really looks like they, it seemed like they, they really turned it around with five. Um, you know, we'll see if, we'll see if, um, if he can make something happen with Diablo. Hopefully he can. Yeah, I, I, I do hope so. And I think, I think Rod is the man for the job. I think he's up for the challenge. So hopefully, I, I, hopefully it works. I'd rather. I, I prefer Fergie for him. Oh, did Fr- <laughs> <laughs> that's probably his name for sure. Yeah, right, right. But okay, uh, last story here: Activision Blizzard's earning call reveals some interesting details about their future plans. But they talked about all of their properties here. Obviously, they talked about King and how that it's like a mobile developer. It's it's pretty much still taking everybody's money, but it's kind of flat. Who cares? Uh, but they did talk about Call of Duty, and I thought it was pretty interesting because uh, 
They told us that we're getting another Call of Duty this year. Is, surprise! Is that a, is that a surprise? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. It's it's completely unexpected. Who's making it? Mm-hmm. Um, a while back, sometime last year, was it Kotaku? Jason Schreier again said that uh, it's it's Treyarch this time. It's not Sledgehammer. There was some kind of weird drama or something. So it's probably mm-hmm. going to be a Treyarch game. Who knows? I guess we'll see. we'll probably see around E3. I ho- I'm hoping. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the interesting um, uh, bit that that I sort of raised my eyebrow on was that uh, Modern Warfare uh, was responsible for a double digit increase over Black Ops. Yes. Uh, yeah, they they uh, they talked about how successful Modern Warfare has been, and they said mm-hmm. double digit increase financially over Black Ops. Wow, that's that's impressive. And and mm-hmm. uh, during I I actually I listened to the call. It was like an hour long, very very mm-hmm. boring. But uh, it said that their uh, their decision basically to remove loot boxes and to include crossplay. And to have that free tier in the battle pass, which included the exclusive gun that everyone can unlock. Those are the reasons why their MTX earnings were so high. Uh, so the next thing, and we, we talked earlier about, you know, the whole 7 billion people worldwide and stuff. And Call of Duty Mobile hit 150 million players. Wow. Yeah. So because of that... Mm-hmm. They are, they're saying that they are working on mobile versions or iterations or something, some kind of mobile game for all of their major uh, titles. That's pretty crazy. All right, moving on to, to Blizzard news. Uh, Diablo Immortal is going to have regional testing somewhere mid-2020. Mm-hmm. So the game is not a lie. It is actually going to eventually be released. Two more things here. Uh, due to Warcraft, Warcraft Classic, World of Warcraft has doubled their subscriber base. Wow. Uh, we don't know an exact number, but that's apparently making some money. And then uh, lastly, they kind of talked mm-hmm. about their, their hopes are in Overwatch 2 and Diablo 4. Mm-hmm. But we don't know when those things are coming out. So thanks everybody for hanging out and listening to us. And thank you so much for all of your support. We greatly appreciate it, uh, especially those of you who are supporting us on Patreon. Thank you for that so much. If you have any questions, feedback, anything whatsoever, and if you want to jump into our Discord, go to GamingAdventureClub.com. Find all the links there. And uh, yeah, it's a good time. Yes. So until next time, my friends, have an adventurous week and take care of each other. 